Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He's a fantastic insurance agent and the agency owner of Portal Insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the most beautiful day in the history of Mobile, and I'm here and you're not, and I apologize (laughs) for that. But let me tell you something. If you're in the Northeast today and it's 26 degrees and snowing and there's three inches of snow on the ground, I'm sorry because it is absolutely gorgeous today. It is. It is a pretty day. Bradley, how was your Christmas? It was good, man. It was a- good. Ask me about my Christmas. How was your Christmas, Scott? I have the most unbelievable story you've ever heard. <laughs> okay. Every day of my life is a movie, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the way you set that up. How was your Christmas? Good. Ask me about my Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Every day of my life. Every day of my life is like a movie that that you sit, that you watch on Netflix, and you're like, "There's no way that ever happened." So here's my Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. This is unbelievable. You will not believe this. So on Saturday, two days before Christmas, on I guess that was the 23rd, whatever day it was. Maybe it was a Monday. I don't remember. We're gonna have Christmas at my mom's house in a little place called Florence, Alabama. And my my wife and I go up there, and my family's all there, and my cousins and my my mom has cooked a big, big lunch for Christmas, and I, I walk in the door, and my beautiful sister, who I love more than anything in this world, she has three little boys. They're stair steps, and their middle son is four years old. His name is Harrison. Now, usually, when I walk in the door to see my family, does not matter where we are. Harrison's favorite move is to run up to me and punch me in the nuts. <laughs> Really? Every time. How Every old is time. He? Four. Okay. Okay. He will run up. If he to was me. like fifteen, that'd he be will a run up. He does. I'm, I'm like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. He will run up to me like he's going to hug my neck, and then when he gets about two steps from me, he pulls back and punches me in the nuts. That's his favorite move. So I walk in the door. It's Harrison. Signature. Yeah, signature move. And so when I walk in the door, Harrison is just sitting on the couch. He's not saying anything. He doesn't get up. He doesn't speak to me. And I thought, wow, that's a little strange. So my sister walks in. Of course, we hug and kiss on each other. I said, what's wrong with Harrison? He didn't punch me in the nuts when I came in the door. She said, "Uh, well, uh, he got car sick on the way up here. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I get car sick from time to time. And uh, so about five minutes goes by, Harrison gets up off the couch, he walks in the kitchen. Now remember guys, we got food laid out all over the kitchen countertops. We're all about to have Christmas lunch. Oh my gosh. Harrison walks in the kitchen, looks around, and he just decides to puke in the middle of the kitchen floor. Big old pile of puke in the kitchen floor. I thought, my, this is one way to get Christmas off to a good start. But hey, Harrison's car sick, no problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Harrison was not car sick. Harrison had the rotavirus. Oh, no. And, and Harrison decided to puke in the kitchen floor, so all of his, his uh, vomit is, uh, you know, the micros and whatever gets in the food. And so my entire family spent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day throwing up everywhere. And I'm talking extended family members. There were people that were three generations and, and, get, and, and, and neighbors and stuff like that that all spent Christmas in bed sick with a rotavirus for christmas so 
on behalf of Mr. Harrison Oswalt, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> that we gave you, we, he gave you the gift that just keeps on giving. So that was my Christmas. Guys, we are excited to be here today. My name is Scott Howell. I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Mr. Bradley Flowers. We're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to help insurance agents in any way we can. Don't care what it is. Don't care how we do it. Our mission on this podcast is to help you guys in any way we can. We have got a wonderful guest for you today, and I'm going to challenge each one of you to get off this podcast and implement one or two things that you hear today because this guy is a wealth of knowledge. Yep. He is he is a beast. He, he runs a great shop, and he's a great insurance agent. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, he is originally from East Hampton, Connecticut, he currently resides in Portland, Connecticut. He is a graduate in finance from Central Connecticut, and he's married to the beautiful Emily Sloan. He has 11 years of experience in the industry, and he owns and manages two companies located in Connecticut, which are BSP Insurance and Captivate Agents. He also does business consulting and coaching to guide owners through the educational process for their brand guides, their social media marketing, and network and community outreach. His insurance agency, BSP Insurance, was named the Digital Insurance Agency for the year 2019 by the Connecticut Young Insurance Professionals. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor to introduce to you today one of my friends and insurance agent, Mr. Justin Sloan. How are you, Justin? Good, Scott. Thanks very much for that introduction today. Dude, you're the best. I love you to death and I appreciate all the help. <laughs> I appreciate all the help you've given me. And you and I have talked on the phone a few times and you helped me out with some stuff and I really do appreciate that. We've got a lot to go yeah. over today. So our mission on this podcast is to help insurance agents in any way we can. There were three topics that we discussed prior to to getting on this show today that I want to get out in front of them and I want them to go utilize in their agencies when they get off this podcast. But before we get to that, climb in the passenger seat of my DeLorean, go back in time, tell us how you got started in the, in the insurance industry and get us up to today. Absolutely. So back in 2008, I was graduating a school here in Connecticut, Central Connecticut State University. I was studying for finance, and as we are all aware, uh, 2008 was not a good year from a financial standpoint. Mm. I had aspirations, goals to be selling stocks on Wall Street, and you know everything you saw in that movie. Uh, Wolf, you know, Wall Street basically was my dream, and that got shattered pretty quickly. So, not too many employers were hiring when I was graduating. I was very adamant that I didn't want to go down the path of insurance. I did take one course while I was at Central about insurance, but it was very dry, very boring, um, as you guys probably know. Filling out insurance applications and all that good stuff is not not the funnest thing. So anyways, they had a career fair, and my mom forced me to go to it at the school. And so I put a, put a suit on, some nice shoes. I, I think I literally just bought them the day before, and I was walking around the career fair, and you know I had a bunch of companies crossed out. All of them were insurance. I didn't want to work in insurance. They were all, you know, other industries. And I'm literally walking by uh, an insurance wholesaler's booth. Didn't even know what a wholesaler was at the time. And the guy goes, Hey, nice suit. And I'm like, who the heck's this guy? You know? So ironically, that was 
my what I didn't know, my soon-to-be manager, a wholesaler out of Hartford, Connecticut called S.H. Smith & Company. Um, so I started there literally a week after graduation, didn't take any time off for the summer, and started as a technical assistant at S.H. Smith & Company, and I worked on the small commercial finding authority, underwriting a team. Basically, what I did all day long was look at new leads coming in, just kind of doing data entry, and then worked my way up um, to underwriting. So when I was an underwriter, I was kind of like a field underwriter. I would go out on the road, meet with independent insurance agents across the country, and facilitate their small commercial insurance needs. And then around, I would say, probably seven years ago, I was in a pretty bad car accident um, where basically I almost had like an epiphany. Um, the car accident was so bad, the I had a, for all you insurance people will know this, I had a half million dollar combined single limit and the injured party, which was my best friend and the passenger in the vehicle, took every last penny. And I'm still best friends with that gentleman today. Um, he was in my wedding uh, last year. And, you know, I think that was an eye opener for me because if I wasn't in the insurance space, I probably would have been driving around with, you know, state minimum auto limits. So that kind of preempted me and, and pushed me in the direction of, hey, you know what, Justin, you've always wanted to start a business. You, you're, you have an entrepreneurial type mindset. You want to start a business. This is probably, you know, a kick in the butt, so to speak, to do that. So I did start my first independent insurance agency after that car accident about five years ago. Um, I grew that agency, you know, over a, just shy of a three-year period to about two and a half million in written premium. We just, we were a generalist. And, and during that process, I went to a innovation, IAOA, Innovation 2017 down in Orlando, Florida. Um, and there, I, it was a, another epiphany for me where I learned about video insurance proposals. And um, the video proposal is really what lit a fire under me, my agency, the conversion rates, just everything. And I know there's been some other people on this podcast that have talking about video proposals, um, and I've even taken it a step further into my agency. So that's kind of where I'm at, how I got to BSP. I sold my old agency, started BSP Insurance just shy of three years ago. It's grown wildly successful. We have a full team here, commercial personal lines. My niche is real estate investment insurance. That's what I do every day, day in and day out. So that's kind of my background and, and how I got to where I am today. And I'm going to say three things. One, when I discovered the video quote proposal, I don't know that there's ever anything that I've discovered within the industry that I thought was more up my alley and got my wheels turning more than anything else. Um, so I feel you on that. Two, I've seen your quote proposal. I've seen a lot of quote proposals. I don't know that anyone does it as good as Justin Slaughton does on a video quote proposal. That being said, is there somewhere folks can go to see that? Are you willing to let them see one of those? Or can we link that in the show notes for that? Absolutely. So kind of taking a few steps back, the answer is yes. Um, and I'll plug the domain and everything at the end of this. But it's not just about the video proposal. I, I kind of want to go back to when I was at my old agency, what I noticed is the insurance companies, we all love them. It's kind of a love-hate relationship because what I mean by that is the insurance companies, when you go online and us as an insurance agent and do the quotes, you get a 
insurance company branded insurance proposals. So let's just say hypothetically you're doing home auto umbrella with your favorite insurance company. You get the quote. You as an insurance agent look at it. You're like, oh, this looks great. You send it over to a prospective client. They're looking at it like it's written in a foreign language, right? Because they don't know what they're looking at. They don't know what any of this means. So at my first independent insurance agency that I owned, what I did was I scraped all the data off of those carrier branded proposals and then put it into my own proposal. It was kind of clunky. It wasn't sexy, but it did the job. Okay. And in that proposal, I created a side-by-side analysis of their current coverage, what they currently have and what I'm offering. So for a lot of agents out there, when you get leads in the door, don't just gather the data for quoting. Ask for their declaration pages. A lot of people are reluctant. They feel like the person on the other end of the phone doesn't know them. They don't trust you as an agent. They just want you to try and get the best possible price. Well, you know, I weed out a lot of prospective clients that don't want to be transparent with our agency. So when I ask for the insurance declaration page, they either send it to me or they ask me, why do I need it? And I say, listen, once you experience our process and understand how we do business, you will be thankful that you sent me that because I don't know how you have it currently structured. I don't know what gaps in coverage you currently do or do not have. For example, a good example is before I started doing this, a person came to me, I didn't ask for deck pages. They forgot to mention they had jewelry listed on their homeowner's insurance. So I'm going through and I'm doing the whole proposal. And I mention it at the very tail end, like right when I'm about to issue the policy. Now I got to go in and add this coverage. And it's just like a back and forth game. And nobody has time for that. That's not scalable, right? So Mm -hmm. make sure you ask for the insurance declarations page. You can even have them redact the premium. If the client's like, hey, I don't want to show you what I'm paying. Like, again, those types of clients are probably clients you don't want because they don't trust you out of the gate. And you want to be as transparent with them as possible and tell them why you're doing this. So two things. One, again, we're scraping the data from the carrier's proposal. Okay. We're putting it onto a BSP insurance branded proposal. Yep. Okay. That's so a we're very, very key, key thing, I think. So you're, wait, yeah. let me, let me yeah. back up for a second, Justin, because let me just say this. I represent 250,000 insurance agents that are just like me. And sometimes we have to be told things two or three times. I want to make sure I understand a couple of things. Okay. So let's stop for just a second. If, if the potential client calls you or reaches out to you to get a quote on insurance, you're going to ask them for their declarations page and explain to them that, look, once you experience our process, you're going to be glad that you sent us these declaration pages And some of the reasons we want those don't really care about the premium. Go ahead and mark that out if you want to. But I just want to make sure that we have all of the coverages and things that you may currently have and and make sure we don't leave anything out. But what do you do relative to that prospective client if they decline to give you their declaration page do you just say hey look i, I appreciate you not want me to want to give that to me but we're just not gonna be able to do business or how do you handle that i heard a really good line uh on twitter actually yesterday uh it was in regards to um uh blacking out premiums but the same thing uh, it was Jared Bellman, actually, and he, and, and he said several things, but one of the things he said that stood out is said, that's fine if you want to do business that way, but and this is on commercial, but you're taking away my ability to negotiate with my underwriter. Wow. 
And 100%. when I heard that, I was like, that is the best response I've ever heard. Literally 30 seconds later, a customer did that to me and I used the line and he gave us the premium. Sure. Yeah. So kind of to your point there, Bradley, um, if you know what the price is, I mean, we have all the markets that we need, right? We have a comparative rater on personal lines. We have now we have a comparative rater on commercial lines with Tarmica. And if you guys don't know about Tarmica, definitely check them out. Um, I have a they're call. a commercial line comparative rater. I have a call with one of my and biggest the, carriers today about that, actually. Awesome. About yeah, what? we need to about get Tarmica. every single insurance company with now, them. Now, what is Tarmica again? I, I, again, I'm a little slow on the uptake. Tar, Tarmica is a <laughs> is a compar- a commercial comparative rater. By the time this comes out, everybody would have heard. Will have heard about it. What, Sorry, spell it. T A R M I K A. Commercial lines comparative rater uh, that has a lot of things on third base they have not announced yet that I cannot talk about. Um, they are founded and owned by a guy named Rockov, who is a brilliant, brilliant guy. He and I have had four or five conversations, and they are, I'm going to find out if we have to edit this out, but they are the official raider of Neon. They're the official raider of the Insurance Guys podcast. I guess there so now. I guess so now. But anyway, I am for the low, low price. And I'm kidding. No, it's 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 very he's doing a lot of things right. Using a lot of big data with it. And, uh, you know, I'm currently right now literally beating down the doors of my carriers. I've got to step out during a podcast later today to have a phone call with one of my carriers about why they need to be on there. So anyway. Yeah. So kind of going back to your question, guys. So the price thing, you know, a lot of people, when you're shopping insurance, so to speak, you're shopping because of coverage and or price. So if someone redacts the premium and says, hey, here's my insurance back pages. I want you to get me better price, but I don't know what you're paying. That doesn't make sense, right? So we don't see it too much. Sometimes on the commercial side, we'll see it. Those types of people, we typically tread lightly. We don't try and push them too much. We don't want to start the relationship off on a bad foot. But getting the deck page, I would say, occurs for me personally in my agency about 98% of the time. The 2%, I typically tell them, listen, this isn't. let me send you over a sample proposal, okay? Mm -hmm. Here's how it looks. And once they see that, all of a sudden, it's like a light bulb goes off and they're like, all right, here's the insurance dec- declarations page. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I just don't want to give them to you. Normally, I'll walk away from those deals, okay? okay? 15% of people that come to me, I decline to do business with because they have state minimum auto liability limits, which we don't offer here. I know in some states that might be considered illegal, what have you. But, you know, we're very coverage focused and that kind of go back to my car accident, right? Like mm-hmm. if I didn't have that half million dollar combined single limit, you know, and I had state minimum, my best friend would probably be in a world of trouble because of medical bills and things of that nature. But I kind of want to get back to the video proposal piece. So it's all about branding, branding your agency first, right? So um, you want to make sure that you guys have a proposal that's branded for your agency. Okay. And as I start to talk through this, people are going to be thinking, man, Justin spends a lot of time up front doing all this work. What if, what if the client just doesn't like it or what have you. If I'm most of the time, if like, for example, yesterday I had an individual, they have a local company. They're a great company, Amica Insurance. My grandfather worked there for many years on the claim side. They had Amica. Amica is a mutual company that pays a dividend check at the end of the year based on the performance of the company, right? So my price was only like, you know, I'm at 3,500 home auto umbrella. They're at, you know, 3,600 home auto umbrella. I'm not going to do a video proposal on that deal. I'm going to call them first and say, hey, listen, what's your dividend check look like? Or, hey, are you willing to entertain this? 
Um, they had significant gaps in coverage, so I talked to them about that. So after a 10-minute conversation, she said, yeah, why don't you send over the video? She's an APRN. Her husband works during the day. She works nights. So, you know, delivering these videos are exponentially saving my, me and my team a lot of time. And what I mean by that is these videos are typically on the low end five, averaging around a 10-minute um, video. And I pre-record these videos. I use a company, it's a software online called Loom. If you go to use Loom, L-O-O-M.com, it's a free software. You can upgrade it if you want for use a few it every day. a month. There's Did, other have companies you, have out you there. It? Have I know you upgraded Advisor it? Evolved. Um, if you're an Advisor Evolved website, you have you know um, their quote vids right online. But it doesn't really matter how you deliver yeah. it and what platform you're on. There's a lot of them out there. It's just a matter of doing it, okay? And, and these videos trump meeting people face-to-face. And I know people are like, how do you build? You guys want to build deep, meaningful relationships with people, and you're sending out videos. That seems very impersonal. I disagree. Most insurance agents don't always meet up face-to-face with um, clients. My, my national real estate investor program, my clients are all over the country. I'd be in a plane literally 24 hours a day if I had to meet face-to-face. So sending these videos... They're 10 minutes long. They're easy to watch. They're shareable. They're accessible 24 hours a day. And the biggest thing that you find out is, you know, a spouse might be working during the day. The other one's working during the night. So the one during the day sends you over the lead info, but the spouse that works tonight maybe is a decision maker. So it's very tough to, nowadays to meet up with people face to face. Those meetings usually take an hour long at least yeah. because, you know, you spend 15, 20 minutes you know, just banter back and forth. And then, you know, you go on through your proposal, they're stopping you in the middle of it, asking all these questions in the video. I know what types of questions they're probably going to ask me. So I immediately address them in the video. I have a page, I think it's page number four. It's a comments and suggestions box where I put in, Hey, you guys don't have an umbrella now. I suggest it. My sister agency, Bon Giovanni Insurance and Financial does life disability insurance. Do you have this? What does it look like? So you know, it really allows me to control the conversation and ensure that I'm covering my tail from an E&O standpoint, right? Because everything's yeah. recorded and it's on their our agency management system and it's there forever. So if they ever like, oh, you didn't offer that. Yep, I offered flood, I offered earth, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. at the end of the day, there's a lot of value adds doing video. Um, and if you guys are interested, if you go to my website, bspinsurance.com, forward slash sample proposal. You can check out what our proposal looks like and kind of how we go through it. It's, I think, a three or four minute video, pretty easy watch. And then if you want to literally find out how step-by-step instructions, how to do it, if you go Paradiso and presents.com, Chris Paradiso, my business partner, he has the Be the Last Agent Standing magazine. He puts out a magazine every year. So I wrote an article last year in volume three, literally step-by-step instructions on how to do this and how to implement it. And if anybody ever has any questions about it, they can certainly reach out to me as well. So here's the thing too, with the video quotes, first of all, loom is that they did such a good job building that. I don't know that it could be any more perfect. We also use video in our agency for other uses. We recently started recording informational videos for clients based on frequently asked questions. Okay. And what I mean by that is, we do a lot with real estate investors, um, and they're always asking, hey, what's the difference between market value? What's the difference between replacement costs? So instead of you know hopping on the call, 
five, 10 minutes explaining it. We just created informational video about what the answer is. And then we just forward those on to the investors. A lot of people don't like to read is what we're finding. So we're creating um, step-by-step instructions. For example, if someone wants to issue a policy, how that process works. So we're sending over a pre-recorded video, basically holding their hand and walking them through it. Okay. And then we're also using it for employee training. So we have a woman that we just hired. Um, she lives in Minnesota. She's a virtual assistant. So she's going to be shadowing me. And basically what I'm doing is I'm creating an on employee onboarding video for her so she can watch and learn about what her roles are in the agency, what she's going to do for her job duties and things of that nature. Um, so those, those are t- typically what we're using in our agency. Um, and then the final one that is probably the most important that I recommend everybody do is something called a video business card, also known as an impact video. Um, we just had Citadel Creative out of, I believe they're out of um, Nashville. They flew up and basically sat with us. His name's Kyle Pickard. If anybody wants to connect with them, definitely recommend it. Basically, what he does is he looks at your company, whether you're in insurance or whatever you're doing, and helps you give a voice to your brand. And um, we recorded with him for two days straight and our videos now on YouTube. And we also use that when new prospects come to us. We send them out a welcome email just saying, hey, thanks for giving us your insurance. We're quoting it actively right now, but why don't you check out this video? Once the people watch that video, they want to do business with us instantly, um, regardless of what the coverage and price looks like. So definitely recommend getting a video business card. It's an easy way to build credibility and trust with your any prospective clients. So, Hey, hey Justin, I got a question about the video quotes. Does your team do the video quotes? And if they do... How have you gotten them to buy into that? Because one thing that I tell you that I have struggled with a little bit is getting my team to buy into the video quotes, even though we are bought into it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So right now, there's only two of us doing the video proposals. Okay. um, Because usually what we're doing is we're having our internal team do the quoting, the rating, and then they're delivering the end proposal back to the producer. And then the producer is either going to send the video or not. The agency that we partner with, Bon Giovanni Insurance and Financial, they've been in business 30 years and they do a lot with, I don't want to say older clients, but they have a lot of Medicare and things like that. So a lot of these people like to come into the office and meet face to face. So they don't have as much of an opportunity as say I do to do the video proposals because the people want to do business a certain way. So we kind of adapt to the consumer and we kind of preempt them and say, hey, is it okay if I, you know, instead of meeting up, we send you over a video proposal and they're scratching their head because they've never seen this before, right? We're probably the first agent or insurance company that does this, at least in this area of, you know, the Northeast. I know Mike Crowley up in Syracuse is doing it, but I don't really, you know, butt heads with him too much on insurance deals. Um, but, you know, people, people are, yeah, fine, send it over because people's lives are busy and they're working nine to five and they're trying to come in after hours and we're not, you know, we'll, we'll do after hour calls and things like that. But the videos um, really catch them off guard and the feedback is really good. Um, they definitely, once they see the video, they're like, wow, well, <laughs> the other agent just sent me over a, a, a long email, you know, like explaining it. And I had to read a mini novel understanding what this quote even means, you know. The thing is, too, is obviously there's situations where this isn't true, but I think for the most part, the customer does not want to come into the agent's office 
and sit down and have a conversation. And everybody listening to this knows I'm a big proponent of that, of, of, of that being true. You know, we're getting to a place in tech, especially with technology, where probably one of the biggest ways you can annoy someone is calling them on the phone. You know, if I was in a room yeah. right now with 200 people and said, how many people would be annoyed if they got a phone call right now? Almost every hand would go up. So that's taking away that element. And because insurance, especially personal lines, is so commoditized and so price driven that that's all people focus on. Well, if you're emailing a PDF of a quote, we do it now and I hate it when we do it. But if you email a PDF of a quote, you're just that's all you're selling on is price. And so the beautiful part about the video quote is it gives you kind of both of those sides. Right. Whereas you're you're communicating with them in a very convenient way for them and the way that they want to to do business, but you can also get those points of points across of, hey, by the way, our company or this policy has this feature that your current policy does not have and allow you to sell that value a little bit above and beyond what you can do just through an email quote or a texted quote or something of that nature. So it kind of gives you both sides of that. Um, Absolutely. And and kind of to your point, Bradley, is on our branded agency proposal, the price is not on the page of the side-by-side analysis. It's at the very bottom of the comments and suggestions area after we suggest some upsells or cross-sells or whatever the case may be, it's the last thing I talk about because I know I bought, I got them bought right when I do my side-by-side analysis because I'm basically ripping apart their current coverage. And then the icing on the cake, I know my price is better um, overall, so I'm going to win them. If you look at an insurance company branded proposal, every single one, I swear, you can pull up any company. It doesn't matter. And I'm not, I'm not bashing them. They just, they are delivering the quote proposal for the agent. They're not really thinking about the end consumer. If on page one, you look at a quote proposal, I guarantee there's going to be the price. It's before even all the coverages. So that's all they're going to think about in their head is they're going to be crunching numbers the entire time. They're not going to listen to you and they're not going to understand any value add that you're giving them. If you are higher on price and that's the first thing they see, they're not listening to you at all. They're not even watching that video or listening to you face to face. If that's how you're presenting, they're like, man, this guy's wasting my time. Now I got to listen to him for an hour. Talk about deductibles and uninsured motorists. It's just, it's not the way it needs to be done. You know, and I've talked to a few companies about restructuring their quotes and and doing things. And, you know, they're not going to do it for poor little me, you know, but if all the agents said, Hey, you know, you really got to change the way it's structured. I know some of the companies, recently revamped their online portal, which in essence gives them a different quote proposal, but still prices, <laughs> price is still on the first page and it's not something that um, helps us at all. I'm so. going to use a Scott Howell statement right here. Justin, I have a question and I know the answer to this. Do you guys have any carrier plaques in your office? Uh, we have them collecting dust underneath some pieces of paper. <laughs> tell tell um, the audience are- why. Yeah. So we love all of our insurance companies that we're partnered with. They're great to us. They support us and things of that nature. But uh, one of the biggest reasons why is if I put you with XYZ company today and um, you don't have any claims, you don't have any accidents and your rates just go up 20% because that's what that carrier needs to do to be profitable. And I just spent all this time branding XYZ insurance company. Now next year, I got to go and find a new company. And I almost feel like a dog with a tail between my legs because 
I didn't brand my agency. I didn't tell them about our BSG promises. I didn't tell yep. them why we exist. I didn't tell them about all the great things we do in the community and giving back to nonprofits and all this stuff. Now, I, I spent a lot of time branding XYZ and made them feel great. But, you know, at the end of the day, you guys know, I know insurance companies don't stay around forever. Some of them, you know, go belly up or maybe they change their appetite, pull out of a class of business. So I want a client to stay with BSP forever, not necessarily the insurance company, because what they're good with today is probably not good for them five years down the road when they now have youthful operators driving because their kids will maybe 10 or 11 and now exactly. they're 16, 17 getting driver's license and it might not be the right company for them, right? Well, well I mean, or they if, go get a boat. If you talk about, you know, Safeco's accident forgiveness or this home company's equipment breakdown and then something happens in the inspection process and we can no longer write that customer and that's the only reason they're doing business with you. Well, crap, we might as well go back to state farm. You know, yeah. if you, if, if the re you, the reason I want people doing business with portal is because of portal, not because of a company that portal offers, mm -hmm. that's a value Correct. add. You know, I've got people in our community now that thinks portal is an insurance company. I had somebody this week ask me, it's like, so when did you sign on with Portal? I'm like, well, I actually started it. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's the impression that we want to give. Don't you agree? Look at all the captives. And Scott, I think you're a nationwide um, agency, if I recall. You know, they had a, the 2020 visions, what they called it over the past five, 10 years. They've been trying to get all the nationwide captives to be tr true independence. Uh, rumor has it all states doing it. And, you know, at the end of the day, insurance is all about distribution, right? So, yeah. Um, if you call, if you call Geico right now and you say, Hey, Geico, Geico I, I need a homeowner's quote, you know, Geico is going to put it on another paper. Or if you ask for other products, they partner up with a company like travelers or what, what have you. So at the end of the day, distribution, I don't want to say the marketplace is becoming saturated, but it's, it's really a prime time for people to look at certain segments of the market and start niching out. Like right now is a good opportunity. For example, if you want to get into the, senior living community space because markets are restricting coverage, um, increasing deductibles, pricing is going through the roof, and there's not a lot of players in the space. So it gives, there's a lot of opportunity out there um, to, re to really niche out right now. And I think that's probably why BSP right now is so successful is um, we've built this infrastructure uh, backed by like video and branded proposals and really pushing that out to the marketplace. Like you said, I believe Bradley said it, um, Hey, why am I not with BSP Insurance and I'm with XYZ? We're the agent, you know, right. and um, and building that brand, brand awareness. People think, you know, very highly of your brand, and you want to make sure that that's what they think of when they refer you to their cousin or to mm -hmm. their, you know, coworker. Call BSP Insurance, not call XYZ company. If I know? could so. figure out how to get my carriers to stop sending deck pages and rely on <laughs> me to send my own branded deck pages, I would hire someone to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Virtual assistant could probably do this for you. But, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we, we do love all of our companies we represent. But at the end of the day, uh, the experience and I wrote about this, ironically, in volume four of the last agent standing. Um, if you want to check that out, too. Um, I wrote an article about how our agency does business and how we've basically taken all the way from the prospect through the policy issues, through the claims process, and made that custom tailored to BSP Insurance. The problem with having, we, I think we have like 30, 40 insurance companies we represent um, directly. The problem is, is each experience is different. 
Okay. And if I can try and work with the companies to understand what their processes are, I can try and get uh, a temperature in the middle and create an experience that kind of complements all of the carriers, but it's branded around my agency as BSP. So the, the client, regardless of the carriers they're with, like you said before, if a company comes out, drafts them, inspects and says it's not a fit, they're still getting the BSP experience across the board, but it's different insurance companies kind of quote unquote behind the scenes, right? So um, that's why we're very adamant. If you go on my website, I don't allow people to quote home and auto. We have some niche products that are very like very low hanging fruit, special events that you can, but we're very adamant about controlling the experience from the day they enter our you know, agency, finding us online all the way through to the sale through claims. And we have a lot of automation that we use right now that, you know, really revamps that whole process. When I was at my old agency, it was kind of like, here's your quote. I hope you call me back. Now there's automation with text, email, um, links to my video in those texts. Hey, I just sent a quote a few days ago. Do you have any questions? You know, so it's pretty state-of-the-art um, things that we're doing over here. Hey, Justin, I got a couple of questions for you before we wrap this thing up. Number one, I want to go back to the video proposal that you're talking about. Uh, you said that once you get the uh, deck page, you scrap the deck page, put their coverages. I guess you insert them on a pre-filled form, form that you have, and that's what you put up on the screen next to your proposal. Is that correct? Yeah, so I don't use their current deck page nor the quote that I obtained. I put, I scrape all that data and basically put it onto my side-by-side -side analysis. And then when I'm walking them through the video, it's the screen in front of them is going to be the side-by-side -side analysis. And it's got my logo on it. It's branded my agency. It has my phone number on there. So it, it feels like they're already a client of mine, even though I'm still in the quote process, right? Sure. Because everything on there is branded for me and my agency. And, and just real briefly, then I want to move on to another topic. Guys, instead of us going through the step-by-step -step instructions on how to properly create a, a, a video quote, you can go to BSP Insurance. That's Bravo Sierra Papa, bspinsurance.com forward slash proposal and see a uh, example video of how what he does. And then if you want further information about it, more of the step-by-step -step stuff, you can go to paradisopresents.com. And there you should be able to find an article that, that Justin wrote that kind of gives those step-by-step -step instructions on how to utilize uh, Loom to create those proposals. So, Justin, before we get off the podcast today, I want to talk with you a little bit about something that uh, we've never talked about on this podcast. Again, it's something that I feel like agents can utilize, get off the podcast, start doing to help their agencies grow but tell us a little bit about how you utilize video in terms of hiring out-of-state employees. Sure. And just not to correct you by any means, but it's forward slash sample proposal, not proposal. Yep. So I just want to make sure people aren't going to a, a wrong link. But, oh, okay. So it's, yeah, so it's bspinsurance.com forward slash sample proposal. And guys, guys, I've already sent that to Johnny. Uh, if you will scroll down on the app that you're listening to this on, you will see that below there. Awesome. I know in the past I've said I was going to do that and we never did it, but we're doing it now. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So to Scott's question about the employee training, we have uh, right now we have two 
virtual assistants. Um, they are employees of BSP Insurance. One is a New York firefighter, um, and the other woman um, lives in Minnesota, and she owns actually a photography company, um, but she works for us as well. So um, it's very difficult being in Connecticut from a logistics distance type standpoint of training individuals um, that don't live or work here in Connecticut. So we created videos. Um, basically, it's an onboarding of the employees. Both of these hires, employees, do not have any insurance background, which I love because they don't have any bad habits and we can train them from the ground up. But um, what we want to do in those videos, and if you're going to use this, is you want to make it whatever you're trying to train them on, just talk through it. And what I did was I created literally PowerPoint slides. Who is BSP insurance? What do we do? Kind of a high level crash course on what insurance is. And then I talked to them literally step-by-step step what their job is. Um, there is, we work with Kelly Donahue over at Agency Performance Partners as well. She has some step-by-step -step instructions as well on our agency management system, Hawksoft that we're on. However, you know, doing maneuvering between our CRM, the agency management system, the online quoting portal, all this stuff. You know, it's very tough to tell somebody when they're not here face to face. So pre-recording those videos, any new hire that we hire going forward can watch that same video. What I recommend doing is breaking it up over a series of different videos, because if you do one long 30 minute video, if some part of your process changes, um, it's going to be very tough to be like, oh, don't watch minute 12, you know, one minute, 12 seconds through two minutes, 30 seconds, because we're no longer doing that. Right. So I recommend breaking it up through a series, um, especially like the agency management system. Instead of doing something with that, they already have training videos. So we don't train people when there's already videos offered by the provider. Um, but we might give a high level like, hey, here's how you do a quote um, and here's how you integrate it into Hawksoft. Um, but again, it's all about making sure that they're in different buckets, so to speak, um, and make sure that it's kind of spelled out exactly how you want them to do business because they can use that to resort back to it in case they have questions and are not calling you three times about the same thing, right? So, Hey, I had one last question for you. As it relates to Loom, I mean, obviously you're using that a lot for a mm -hmm. lot of different things. Do, do you encourage agents if they're going to start using video proposals or video for their processes to upgrade to, to whatever that next level of loom is, or do you, you know, from jump street, or do you just use the free version of loom? Which one do you do? I think it's all about just implementing it, Scott. Okay. You know, a lot of people, they hear these podcasts, I'm guilty of this as well. And I hear all these great things like Billy Wagner was just on and he was talking about, you know, time management and right. all these things. And, you know, all the lights are going off in my head, but have I implemented any of it? No. You know, so I think it's, it doesn't matter if you're using, you know, Vidyard or Loom or you're with advisor involved doing COVID. It's just doing it, you know, at the end of the day, upgrading. The reason why I have to upgrade is because, I started with them a long time ago and they recently rolled out that, you know, they're going to start charging because you only get, I don't know, 200 videos. And I know you're like, whoa, 200 talking videos, about that's Lou? a lot. It, yeah, Loom yeah. is like that. So now you do have to pay to upgrade if you want more videos. So I'm literally at like 300. I'm at my capacity. So I do have to upgrade. I keep deleting them, but then I'm like, oh man, 
if I have to reference this, uh, you know, down the road and it's not there, it's going to be tough. So yeah, I definitely recommend just do it, you know, just get in there, do the free version, uh, you know, go to be agent, last agent standing, check out my article. I'll gladly send it over. I know the magazine's like 15 bucks or 10 bucks. I'll send over just my article free of charge. Um, and then again, people have any questions, give me a shout, but it, it's literally plug and play. Once, once it's up and running, uh, you're going to see your conversion rates spike exponentially. Yeah. I was doing around 38%. I think now I'm in the high um, 70s, low 80s on wow. new business, meaning someone from the second they come to my door uh, to becoming a client. Again, keep in mind, I do kick 15% of people to the curb and don't do business with them yeah. because they're not a fit for our business model, right? I'll, yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you one feature I like about it is it notifies you if you have the Chrome extension. Right. It notifies you when they watch your video. Gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You sign, tells you when they sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. when they look at it. So, right. you know, like with us, if I send one to somebody and, uh-huh. I, and, I, and I'm kind of like, I kind of like, uh, kind of, let it linger in my brain for like two hours after you, I send you, one. Do you, do you if like I, wonder like <laughs> they hadn't watched well, my video? If, well, yet. that's what I'm saying. If I notice uh, in in a couple hours that I have not um, that I have not uh, gotten have gotten it. a view, yeah. um, I'll I'll shoot them an email or give them a call and be like, hey, why didn't you watch? You know, right. So you can kind of stay on top of it that way. I wish they had a way to automate that to notify you after so long. There may be a way to do that. Actually, I'll tell you what: if you were going to use Loom for pro- for your agency processes, you, he he's right. I bet it wouldn't take long before you got up to that two hundred video mark, though, or three hundred, whatever it is. Because when you're when you're doing video processes, agency process, you'd have a heck of a lot of videos. You know, short five yeah. ten minute videos. We do that now with my VA and my team, but with the VA. Um, you know, as opposed to picking up the phone and calling her or trying right. to explain it, I'll be like, Hey, look, I need you to do this, this way. And I'll, I'll show you how to do it right now. And I also, everybody that listens to this knows that I work a lot of, I work a lot after hours too. Mm-hmm. And so just the other night at 1030, I was, I had discovered something in our system that we needed to start doing. And I just popped it on. Hey guys, real quick. I wanted to show you this. We're going to do this this way. Right. And then I schedule that. Through Gmail, I schedule it to go to the team at eight a.m. the next morning. Right. Um, so yeah. I, I use it. I use Loom probably more for that kind of stuff than I even mm-hmm. do video proposals. You know, so. that was the last thing I had to ask you both about because you both use Loom. Is one thing about videos I've noticed just trying to email just videos to people is that you hardly can. You always exceed the uh, data that they will let go through. Is mm-hmm. is, is is Loom? You know, if your videos, let's say five minutes long, 10 minutes long. Is, is that a problem where it exceeds the maximum, you know, number no. of data because you got to compress yeah. the video? Or I got one it? right now that's 45 minutes long sitting up on my computer that I recorded yesterday. And you're able to um, send that out through Gmail? I got a link right here. It's, it's it t- The only thing with the longer videos, it, it takes a little while to compress it. Right. It takes a few minutes afterwards, but usually it's available within five to 10 minutes. Like he said, the only thing is is the uh, the number of videos. Right. I just got that notification the other day where it said, "Hey, you you're your gonna mark. have to pay now." Um, and and fortunately, I have about eight different email addresses, so we just create another account and start using it from there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and so I don't and I don't video. mind paying for it. Like Loom is one of those things, like sure. Zapier. I will pay a thousand dollars a month for Zapier. Like anything <laughs> don't, that don't makes talk too loud. Come on. Yeah, right, right. Anything that makes my life easier, I will I will I don't mind paying. Yeah. So it's not that. But anyway. 
Well, guys, uh, Justin, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show today, brother. We love you, and we appreciate all you do for the industry. There's a lot of things I would have loved to talk about today, but you're one of those dudes, man, that falls into that category, that, that sheet that I keep of people who truly will stop what you're doing to help insurance agents get better. And my challenge to every insurance agent listening to this is we've given you some unbelievably good information today, which is why this is the most electrifying podcast in the history of the insurance industry. And we've given you guys information today that you can stop this podcast now, get off, go implement in your agencies and help you make more money, help you make more money for your family, for your wife for your kids, for your parents that are struggling. Go write good insurance business for the agencies that you represent and go write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, buddy. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, Justin. We love Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. We love you too, brother. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we appreciate you guys so much, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.